Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com, for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I have got with me Coach Ben Hammer from Rock Island High School in Illinois. Coach is currently the head coach at Rock Island uh, and the regional director at USA Football. Before his time at Rock Island High School, he was the head coach at East Montgomery High School in North Carolina, spent time as the offensive line coach at Pinecrest High School in North Carolina, and got his start as a ninth grade defensive coordinator at Woodruff High School. Coach got his playing career finished and graduated from Illinois Wesleyan, and uh, Coach, where are you from originally, now that I think about it? Uh, born and raised in uh, Peoria, Illinois, and I okay. appreciate you having me on very much. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. What, what Did you go to Woodruff? I did not. I actually uh, went to Peoria Richwoods. Oh, okay. Uh, very good. I played for Coach Simper there, um, and they didn't have any uh, jobs open for social studies teachers or anything like that when I first graduated. Okay. Um, so I went and worked for Coach Thornton at Woodruff, and um then uh when Woodruff still existed right about three quarters (laughs) of the way into the year and then they closed Woodruff down and that's when I uh that's when I moved out to the east coast okay well we're gonna we're gonna talk about that move to the east coast in a little bit uh first first question I've got for you is this uh you know talk to me about how important the offensive line has been to the success of of the teams you've been a part of well um our identity has uh every team that I've been a part of with the exception of um, the team when we went to Kuwait with USA football, we, we threw it around pretty good with, with Mark Beach, um, who's down at Lambert High School in, in Atlanta, Georgia, and, and he is a tremendous offensive mind as well. But every head coach that I've worked for and, and uh, most of the guys that I kind of consider my mentors have been um, kind of believed, believed in running the ball to win the game, and mm-hmm. I believe in that as well. We're a spread up-tempo offense, but, but we do run the ball a lot. Um, and I think in order to get the run game started, you've got to have a good offensive line. Um, and then uh, Chris Metzger at Pinecrest High School, he used to always preach um, the the fastest ways to lose a game are the defensive backfield and the offensive line mm-hmm. if, if aren't sound at those two positions. That's true. I, I've never heard that, but that's that's 100% accurate right there. Yeah. Um, what – you know, you, you – played on some good teams obviously you know you went to Illinois Wesleyan they 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 are kind of they're well known for that offensive line they've got kind of a, a tradition of great offensive linemen there um was that again something that you know at, at Illinois Wesleyan it was it was preached and and kind of you guys only went as far as as the offensive line uh absolutely we had in my time there we had we did have some special skill players um that I was very fortunate to play with and and in my latter years our defense was uh was tremendous as well, but I think that 
kind of the DNA of, of how important offensive line play is to me and uh, a lot of other places I've been um, was, was kind of born there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that it wasn't important during my high school playing days, but Coach Esch, the head coach, has always coached the offensive line. He played offensive line, and, and that's something that is kind of laid into his program, uh, how important offensive line play is at every level. And, and then also how the offensive line, um, because there's five of them, it's the only position there's five of them on the field, I guess, unless uh, you're an empty. Right. Um, <laughs> it's the only position that there's that many players on the field at once right. with one position so that that position group can also very strongly drive your culture. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we've talked about kind of on this podcast before. And, and I've heard from a, a bunch of other coaches. So um, we're, we're definitely all thinking alike. That's for sure. Um, you know, one of the things that you, you kind of mentioned talking about um, briefly about your, your time with USA football and, and obviously in your bio, you noted you're the regional director. Um, Talk to me just a little bit. Tell me about how you got involved with that and tell me kind of about what your what your role is um, and what you guys do there uh, with USA football. Absolutely. Uh, first, and I apologize for the miscommunication. I'm one of, uh, what is there, seven of us now uh, that are regional directors, okay. um, kind of all across the country. And then we all, uh, um, we all work with or coordinate with the national team's director, um, Aaron Ingram, and then we have a director of player personnel, um, Charles Torwoodzo, and then um, I don't remember his specifics, uh, his specific uh, job title, but kind of that works in our talent department and working directly with our athletes is uh, Alan Papadine. We call him Al Pops. Uh, he's real big on social media as well. Uh, those three guys are kind of our leadership team, and then obviously. Um, they work with all of USA football. Um, but basically how I got involved is, is just uh, going to work camps. When I worked with right. uh, Coach Chris Metzger, he uh, uh, was the head coach of the under-16 team one year, which uh, it actually just popped up on my phone a couple of days ago, which was uh, 10 years ago this week. Um, and so that's kind of how I, I got to go to my first event. And, uh, and then um, – we were getting ready to go to our second event the next summer. And at the very last minute, coach Metzger was not able to go. Um, and I kind of fell into the head coaching role. Um, and so that's kind of how I got my second one. And then after that, anytime uh, the national t- USA football national team asked me to do something, I kind of just never said no. Right. Um, kind of an interesting story that everybody loves to hear. And, and uh, coach Ingram, Aaron Ingram loves to tell. Uh, we were in Canton, Ohio um, one summer and uh, working with the younger kids. And he was there before he became, uh, got into his leadership role uh, where he is right now. He was kind of transitioning to it, was uh, scouting talent. And uh, they had brought Jimmy Johns in for lunch. And uh, me being a true offensive lineman had already eaten my lunch about breakfast time. <laughs> and uh, and uh, without knowing it, I thought it was extras. I, I stole his lunch. And, uh, and we kind of just hit it off when he, when he found out, I stayed and helped him finish the scouting he was doing. And then, um, it was kind of, that's, that's how it started. And we've been real, real close ever since. And I'm thankful for, uh, for him letting me have a role in our, in the program. It's something I believe in. I I do believe, uh, and we're kind of getting out of it, but three or four years ago, if there weren't some significant changes to football, um, 
the game itself was in trouble a little right. bit. And that's, that's kind of the biggest belief I have with, with USA football on top of all the great networking and, and uh, things that come with it. Going to events is awesome. Traveling is great. Um, but I do believe in the, um, the model that USA football is using to um, in my eyes and their eyes and, and the NFL's eyes, NCAA high school, better the game uh, right. through better practices, uh, better technique and tackling and blocking um, a football development model for the youth. Uh, as well as uh, the regional camps and our national teams that we put on. Um, so it's, it's a whole football model that, that I really believe in. So it's great to be a part of. Uh, it's taken me to uh, Kuwait City, Kuwait, uh, mm-hmm. to play for a world championship. Uh, our international bowl every year is in Dallas, Texas. That's a great event. And then the regional camps, uh, we were slated, I believe, to do 30, 28 of them maybe. Um, across the country, which they all got canceled because right. of uh, the coronavirus stuff. Um, but that's kind of the beginning of our player pathway, how you get introduced to our program. Uh, although we do look for the very, very best players, we uh, we do our best to uh, to make it a program and not an all-star team where kids will continue right. uh, to do events and be a part of uh, the USA program and coaches too um, from year to year. Right. Now, do you – so do you actually – do you coach as well or are you, are you strictly off the field? So I do whatever uh, um, Aaron Ingram, Charles Torwoodzo and Al Pops ask me to do. If it's okay. <laughs> go up and, and work off the field, I'll do that. If they want, uh, if they ask me to coach offensive line, I'll do that. Coach tackling or, or coach a team. So kind of, kind of whatever they ask us to do as uh, the role as the regional director. Um, usually two of us will go to an event. And uh, that is mainly an off-the-field role. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, um, just because the the team that that Aaron has built, um, we uh, oftentimes you'll find a couple extra directors at a camp just because they want to be around the game and be around football and and coach and get better better and network. So right, um, I'll I'll coach. I'll off the field. I'll it doesn't matter to me. Awesome. Um, anything they ask me to do. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, but that's kind of – that's the role of a coach anyways. You know, or any, a good coach, in my opinion, is somebody that's going to w- be willing to do whatever it takes to not, – not necessarily whatever it takes, but just whatever is asked of them and, and, and do it to the best of their ability. So that's, that's awesome that you got um, – you know, it's awesome. I think it's awesome that you're involved with that um, and, and continue to stay involved with it and, and just uh, keep – you know, like you said, keep promoting the game and keep promoting the positivity of the game and, and – uh, I think it's awesome. So um, kudos to you for that, man. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the, one of the things that obviously we've got a lot in common, we're offensive linemen, we're, we're, we're football coaches, but, but one of the other things we've got in common is that we're, we're both Midwestern guys that ended up uh, on the East coast of North Carolina. Um, you know, you spent a lot of time there at Pinecrest and as a head coach at East Montgomery. And I spent time there at, uh, at Roanoke Rapids as a, as a football and track and field coach. Um, you know, you kind of alluded to it how how you ended or how or, or how you ended up going to the East Coast, but why the East Coast when when Woodruff closed down? Um, and uh, and just talk to me a little bit about your time in North Carolina, kind of what you remember most, and and what some of the fond memories you had. Because um, I was thinking about this before before I got on with you. You know, thinking about the questions, and and I think North Carolina sometimes 
while it doesn't necessarily have the, you know, the top end national talent, I think North Carolina is a really, really good high school sports state. I, I, I can, you know, high school football there, the season I spent and, and, and uh, kind of gearing up for that season, there's a lot of good high schools, a lot of really good players that are really good high school players. And, and uh, I, I just think it gets kind of overlooked sometimes sort of on the, you know, it's not Texas, it's not Florida, it's not, uh, you know, it's not those big states, but I think there's a lot of, of great high school football players there. So um, I'll go ahead and let you answer the, <laughs> answer the question now. Yeah, it's kind of a long one. Uh, before I get into the whole answer, I would, uh, anybody that would argue against uh, North Carolina football and Illinois football is great. And the other states you talked about were great too, but I would, uh, there's not a lot of teams in the country that have Mallard Creek, a Scotland County, oh, yeah. Richmond County. Um, Vance, I know, right before I left, was starting to get really good. Uh, Northeastern is, is a powerhouse now again. Yep. Uh, I, I don't think many of those schools that I just mentioned are backing down from anybody in the country. No. Um, and are always very talented. And I was always impressed while I was out there um, with how well coached every team was. Um, the There were disparities in talents, especially um, I always felt like the, the one county school, the schools with – Counties with one high school in them mm -hmm. uh, always had tremendous talent, but I felt like um, week in and week out, you had to prepare because you could get beat by anybody. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, kind of the why that would have shut down and why the East Coast. I had no rhyme or reason as to why I was going to go anywhere. I had kind of decided after I couldn't find um, anything – in Illinois, uh, teaching wise or working in school districts that I was going to leave the state and used uh, the, the greatest networking online tool for football coaches, I think that we've ever seen, uh, Football Scoop. And uh, at one point there was uh, a job board on there or like a reverse job board for people looking for jobs. And then every single job that was posted um, that whole off season whether it was college or high school, I applied for it and I've got it written down somewhere. I think it was 50 some colleges and 80 some high schools. Um, when I sent my stuff to coach Metzger at Pinecrest, he, uh, he called me back before that class period was even over. Right. Um, so I was, I was impressed by that. And then uh, we kind of played phone tag for a while and, and he sold me on uh, the program that, that, I'm going to say he runs, but uh, when this podcast comes out, he's going to uh, to call me and give me a hard time because uh, a staple in his program is that we use the words we and us, uh, only my and I when you're taking blame or credit for something that didn't go right. And that's uh, kind of a pillar that, at Rock Island and East Montgomery that I believe in. Um, I, think, I think whole ownership when uh, your program has success is very important. But anyways, he uh, – he convinced me to come out and work their spring break camp and, and basically said uh, work in spring break camp would be uh, my interview. Um, I was young, first year out of school, didn't have a, a lot of money. And, and he kind of explained to me, he said, well, uh, bring enough for, for one night in a hotel. And uh, if it doesn't work out, you can stay there and head back the next day. And if it does work out, stay the whole week. And, and, um, and work camp and get to know our kids and, and right. it went great. And that's kind of the way it went. I stayed at his house the whole week and he was an awesome host and uh, the program that they run out there uh, or we ran or 
uh, however you want to say it, right. <laughs> is, is tremendous. Uh, often at Pinecrest, and this isn't taking anything away from their kids or, or our kids, when we got off the bus, um, you wouldn't guess that we would be the team that was going to win the game. We weren't as big as people. We weren't as fast as people. Um, but the culture that, that coach drives um, really drive, drove the success of our program. And, sure. and, uh, and that was great to be a part of. And, and I really think um, coach kind of has a, uh, a rep for, for working his guys really, really hard um, as assistant coaches. And, uh, and I think that he is a great person to work for if you want to be somewhere where football is taken very seriously or if you have ambitions to be a head coach one day. Right. Um, because he made no, no, he didn't hide anything, um, was always very open with me about things you have to understand. Uh, you're never really ready to be a head coach, but um, he, he helped a lot kind of in my process in developing um, some of the best memories there. Uh, we used to go to team camp every year uh, with uh, at Appalachian State. Um, the, that staff is at Louisville right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Ivey, Scott Satterfield, kind of all those guys. Um, and those were always great memories of, of going to team camp and competing uh, with teams around the area, uh, having a good time and just doing football all the time. Uh, and then really anywhere that I've been in North or East Coast and the Midwest, uh, the memories are all driven by the kids themselves. How many of, uh, of the kids grew up to be coaches and successful and, and as they get married and have families and start careers, uh, kind of reminiscent about specific games and, and things like that. Uh, Travis Scales is the wide receiver coach at Pinecrest now. He played quarterback for us. And uh, his senior year played the last, I think, five or six games with a couple broken ribs. And, and, uh, and that story is always a special one to tell and reminisce with him when I, when I hear from him. Um, every now and then and then all the great people you meet along the way is is also really really important yeah it it, well I mean I I know my time in North Carolina was 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 quick um, and brief and I was only there for you know a year and a half but um, that football season was was something I'll never forget I mean we I I I mean I can remember you know you talked about kind of the the one county towns and and you know being in a small town but I, I can remember sort of just the buzz as we kept winning and kept you know going further and further and I mean it was it was standing room only in that place during the playoffs and at the end of the season so I mean it was it truly was like an entire team or an entire town and community coming together for for that season and that's kind of one of the things that I think it's overlooked in North Carolina is that there is a, a tremendous amount of pride um in their football programs and in their, in their high schools and in their communities that, that, that kind of, you can see, especially on Friday nights. So um, it, it's pretty, uh, it was pretty cool, pretty fun, fun time out there. But, um, but yeah, for me, for me, kind of, that was the same situation. You know, when, when, when I ended up going to North Carolina, I wanted to, I was trying to get a, as far away from Illinois as possible. And so the, the two jobs were Roanoke Rapids and Surprise Arizona. And and I think the only reason I went to Roanoke Rapids was there was a football coaching position included in the in the teaching spot, and Surprise Arizona was just a teaching spot, and and so that's uh, that's how I ended up out there. So it was a, it was a good time, and I think you know you you and I crossed. I don't think we crossed paths out there, but we were out there at the same time because my the one season I was there was the 2014 football season, um, and I think you would have been at 
at East Montgomery at that time, if I'm not mistaken. I think that would have been my first year. Was uh, um, and I know he was at Roanoke Rapids. Um, I know from his time at Scotland County, and then he was at Crest. As I know, I know Will Clark pretty well. Yeah. So Will, so Will actually hired me. Um, he's the man who hired me at Roanoke Rapids, but then he left in June. Uh, I got hired in January. He left in June to go back to Crest, or, or not to go back, but to go to Crest to work for Mark Barnes. Um, and we ended up – it ended up being the best season in school history because we hired Eric McDaniels, who had, had spent time at Northeastern as a head coach and spent time co- as an assistant coach. And and he came in and kind of – we sort of just flew by the seat of our pants and ended up going 10-4 and four and, and all the way to the uh, – to the quarterfinals. So it ended up being a really, uh, a really fun season, but, um, but yeah, so I know, I know Will, Will hired me, spent a lot of time with Will, uh, never got to actually work for him though as a football coach, but, uh, but still, uh, still, I, I know Will pretty well. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. Um, the biggest difference that I, and, and I don't know if this is a question you're going to ever not scheduling wise, the, uh, the bye week and the endowment game in North Carolina yeah. is a nine straight week, regular season in Illinois. Um, that takes some getting used to now as well. Um, the going back to back to back with no breaks coming back here, uh, was, was took some getting used to. And then, uh, in North Carolina, the having a bye week after being at Woodruff where, where you don't have a game for one week is, Mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. And we had that, that was the same way in, in Tennessee as well. Um, where you get that bye week in there and that was kind of always odd to me, but it, it it was fun. I, I mean, it made it seem kind of more like a, a big time college season, I guess if you want to call it that. So that was kind of, it was interesting for sure. Um, but yeah, it was such, it was a, that, that football season was one I'll never forget for sure. Um, but anyways, uh, last question I've got for you, coach. Um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you've coached, guys you played with, or guys you were just a fan of, um, who would the five men be on that, that Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen? Wow. Um. Holy cow! That's <laughs> tough one. Um, I I think that um, there's so many guys that I respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is players, not coaches. Um, so I think that I would have to go. Um, I think I would have to go with uh, all five guys I coach, just because. Okay. Uh, people talk about um, great players and stuff all the time. I think it's hard to to have an understanding or appreciation of of the the grind that the kids go through or even adults go through to be great offensive linemen. Sure. Um, so uh, and I, and I'll try and kind of kind of take ones from all all over the place um, throughout my career. I've never even really thought of it before. <laughs> uh, the, the left tackle is going to have to be, uh, Will Milliken. He played for us, uh, Pinecrest high school and then was an all American at Gardner Webb. Um, was an extreme student of the game. Wasn't, uh, a physical specimen, but, uh, but did a really, really nice job of, of understanding the game and, and understanding everything that was going on, um, all the different positions, Started as a sophomore, started as a center, and then uh, transitioned out to tackle. Um, the left guard, um, man, the left guard is going to have to be 
Um, he's he's going to be playing out of position, but I think this is what he's going to play in college. Uh, Kobe Rios uh, just recently graduated um, from Rock Island, and and he uh, he's a very very tough player uh, off the field. He drove me nuts sometimes, and he knows that. Uh, but I appreciated his his toughness on the field. Um, he's always going to strike somebody. Um, do, does a really nice job with that. Um, at center, we've had some great centers throughout our career. Um, but from the, my very first year at Woodruff High School, Nick Bart uh, was probably one of the most selfless players that I've ever had a chance to be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a really, really nice job at center. Uh, played both ways, middle linebacker, never came off the field. Um, getting ready to get married or is just married and lives in South Carolina. Um very successful person. Uh, appreciate his relationship to this day at right guard. Um, Sean Pollard uh, played for us at Pinecrest, um, then went to Clemson, uh, started four years, won two national championships, uh, four ACC championships, and now the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. Um, he, he was great to uh, – he was great to um, – to our program uh, at uh, here at Rock Island, he never hesitates to take part in our leadership zooms, um, things like that. Uh, right guard, we got a couple of young kids at Rock Island right now who kind of are competing for the right guard spot, and they got a chance to be really great. Um, they'll know who they are when they when they hear this once it comes out. <laughs> uh, but. Um, at right guard, I'm probably going to put Robert Alvarez. He uh, played for us at East Montgomery, uh, played right guard, and then in our jumbo package was our fullbacks. Oh, nice. Um, if, if for some reason out at Army, uh, Matt Drinkle ends up listening to this, I appreciate everything he has done to uh, make, the, make the fullback popular. Again, I love seeing it on social media. Yep. Um, and, and Robert was kind of the same thing, like tough, couldn't beat him, couldn't uh, – you're not going to outwork him, just kind of a, a, a real grinder. He went to Western Carolina. Um, and then at, at right tackle, we're probably going to have to rotate two guys because I can't make a decision <laughs> um, between uh, Bryce Kennedy, who played at NC State and was a great young man at Pinecrest, um, uh, Will Jackson, who uh, uh, is at Randolph Mason now that was at East Montgomery, and Logan Schwartz that we had – have had here at Rock Island. All three of those dudes are salt of the earth humans, uh, really good football players and really hard workers. And then I know you didn't ask me, but I'm going to include a tight end. Oh, that's fine. Absolutely. Um, and, and it was a player that, that had always played wide receiver, uh, Bailey Benton, when, when uh, we were at Pinecrest in a jam, we had to ask him to move uh, to tight end and he never blinked an eye. Didn't think twice. Uh, that being said, we've got a, uh, Two great tight ends um, at Rock Island coming up this next year, and uh, Kyrios and Cole Rusk, and so maybe they can dethrone him. That's a tough question and kind of an unfair question. To it, ask. It's it's it is a tough question. It's not unfair. Come on now, but it's it gets <laughs> it keeps you thinking on your toes for sure. And and the good thing, like I've told a bunch of th- uh, you know, I've, people have heard this on the podcast a hundred times. I'm always I'm very interested on who people have to say and, and no, I've never had, you know, obviously never had the same answer. You know, I've had guys similar, but everybody's given us a different answer. You know, I've heard guys 
like you said, guys you've coached, I've heard of, you know, one guy gave just all guys he played with, one guy gave all NFL guys. So it's, they've, they've all been different answers. And that's kind of what is intriguing to me and what's kind of cool about about the position to me is that everyone's kind of got their own mindset on who they're going to have. So um, that's awesome. Uh, well, coach, you know, I, I've taken up enough of your time. I appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Uh, do me a favor before we get you out of here and drop your Twitter handle and any, any other information you want these guys to know. Yeah. Uh, my Twitter is at coach underscore hammer. Um, I don't, I guess that would be it for, for information you want to know the one thing, and I, I love the, the hog football, uh, the hog football podcast, the hog football group, or uh, the posts on Twitter. Sure. I'm not sure even what you'd call that chat um, along with the podcast. I, uh, I will say that I am against the, uh, the kind of calling offensive linemen hogs and people give me a hard time about it. I think that, Offensive linemen are big, beautiful athletes. And, oh yeah, and Hog kind of insinuates that we're kind of dirty, which we I guess we can be sometimes. Right. But, uh, but that, and then uh, we were kind of joking before we went live that uh, if you got an offensive line coach and his favorite play isn't power or counter, I, I, you get better make sure that you got an offensive line coach. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, you'll we'll, we'll, you'll probably stir up some controversy with that one, but it's always good for. Uh, it's always good for some nice, uh, nice conversations online. So, uh, absolutely, yeah, Coach. I appreciate you again coming and talking with me. Uh, best of luck this season, and uh, looking forward to, to to watching your progress and talking to you down the road. Awesome, thank you for having me. All right, thanks. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support, and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series and from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome conversations from the chat and the podcast.